0: What's good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's three-on-three Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, joined, as always, by Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, the one and only Max Barr on the ones and twos. Pretty exciting week for the Portland Trail Blazers, all things considered. I thought yeah. we were going to have to Talk about your Rip It Championship. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. There, there's the plenty
1: there's plenty of time to get to that right there.
0: Podcast, Damian Lillard drops 61 points. The Blazers make their first trade ahead of the trade deadline. So there's a lot yeah. to get to. And even going to practice, that turned out to be eventful. We showed up for one reason and one reason only yesterday, and that was to see the new guys and talk to Trevor Ariza about coming to Portland. And they said, we're going to let you talk to Damian Lillard. And and Dame comes out, and he's hyped up and says it's a pick-me-up to be out at practice today. And, you know, Zach Collins is is working out a little bit. CJ McCollum's working on uh, his lateral movement. And he says that Yusuf Nurkic was playing five-on-five basketball. Full go. Full contact.
2: (laughs) Where's that buzzer, Max? (laughs) There we go. There's the horn. When you guys were on the scrum and Dame said that, Did you guys all kind of look at each other like, what?
0: (laughs) I had my uh, camera over my shoulder, but I could feel the energy pick up. And in my peripheral, I can see Jay Allen and his (laughs) eyebrows just like rose up, like full like... He wasn't supposed to say that or (laughs) what? Like, did everyone else hear what I just heard? It was that type of deal. And um, yeah, I thought it was... Super interesting to hear that, and it, it lets you know that, that Nurk is on the the right path to playing basketball this season. What did you guys think when you heard that Yusuf Nurkic was a full go and was playing basketball for the first time since breaking his leg almost a year ago?
2: Just awesome. I mean, super happy for him. It's obviously a super difficult injury to come back from, and to this is a huge milestone for him, and I know that like he does, you know, Terry Stotts kind of downplayed it, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that we should. Like, getting out and competing in full contact practice, four-on-four, five-on-five, that's a huge deal for Yusuf Nurkic and for the Blazers. We don't know when his first game will be. You know, there have been various reports about it, but that's still up in the air, but he's one step closer, and I think that the general consensus is that whenever that first game is, it's it's close. It's going to be here before we know it. It breathes, maybe, and perhaps in the locker room, you know, especially
1: with everything that's gone on over the last week with C.J. McCollum's injury, having to play with eight guys, you know, sending Baysmore and Tolliver away, maybe it bring breathes some new life into yeah. this team and into that into that locker room for the Blazers. And at this point, with the where they are record wise and the upcoming schedule they have coming up, they need something to jolt them and to get things going to be a spark for them and maybe this can just be a little something for them, a little nugget before they get the whole burger, hopefully in a month, with Yusuf Nurkic coming back.
0: Yeah, Dame even described it as, like, a fresh energy. Yeah. You know, and, like, it was written all over his face when he was talking about it. And um, it was a great question by uh, Jason Quick to just really ask, like, how bringing in a new player changes the dynamic of a team. And uh, Dame went all in on that answer and it was funny after that just hearing this, the nerd questions come up with different players after that. Even, like, Caleb Swanigan, yeah, you know, everyone yeah. asked him. And Caleb had the impression, like, oh, okay, this is common knowledge. And then after <laughs> the first question, uh, you know, someone else followed up with a nerd question. And you could kind of see him backpedaling, like, well, you know what? You guys need to ask Coach about this. Yeah, this is yeah, a really live yeah, yeah. place to talk about this. But uh, it, it just – it showed that even within the media um, how exciting – Yeah the Nurkic announcement really is well
1: I mean we've talked about it in the last couple podcasts, you know, with the Blazers playing as poorly as they have, you know, there are two big things that everyone in the fan base is kind of paying attention to. One's the trade deadline, the other is the return of use of Nurkic. And we just got, you know, what seems to be a big step towards the return of use of Nurkic. So it's big news.
0: What do you think it means for the fan base? For a team that's that's struggling and there's there hasn't been a whole lot to to be excited about this year.
2: I think, kind of like Nate said, it, it it might be an energy boost for the team in the locker room. I think it is that for the fans, too. And we'll see how long that lasts. You know, if the Blazers continue to go out and lose games, then the fans will get down again. But it, you just have that to look forward to. Yusuf Nurkic is one of the most beloved Blazers among fans, and he's going to be back soon. And the trade deadline's coming up in a couple weeks, though. Even though the Blazers are still under 500 and outside the playoff race right now, there is something to look forward to. It is an exciting time of the season. And they've just had, I mean, the fan base has just had so many, the team
1: and fans have had to deal with so many injuries over the last 12 months that just hearing someone's getting better is like welcoming news just because it's not someone else got hurt.
0: Yeah, it adds a a little more hope to what has been a pretty dark season. And uh, I think that it, it was just like a pileup of stuff yeah. that was happening at practice, yeah. you know, yeah. with uh, just seeing Zach Collins out there, you know, lifting his arms up, taking shots. I know it was his left shoulder, but still the fact that he's he's doing stuff on the court, I haven't seen him uh, really do anything to that extent. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Him just dribbling up and down the court, um, you know, kind of taking inside jumpers, not really anything beyond the, uh, the free throw line, but – I just thought that was really positive. And also C.J. McCollum, Um, he was really putting work on that ankle. And uh, surprise, surprise, you know, his status is lifted from out to questionable. I mean, they're all good signs of of things for the the Blazers in an injury-riddled season.
1: Maybe it's finally the turning point, guys. (laughs) Maybe we finally got there.
0: It certainly (laughs) wasn't the Rockets'
1: win that we talked about last week.
0: And I I just think it's cool that we're actually starting – a pod on a high note yeah, rather well, than like just I, the doom and gloom for like a that, lot of the season. I
1: feel like with the questions we have coming up and yeah. the topics and conversation, <laughs> well, maybe not the first one, but certainly the <laughs> second one, there will be some optimism more so than we've had in the last couple podcasts.
0: All right, Nate, you, you mentioned it. This is how we roll here. There's three of us. There's three questions. So there's three answers. You can catch those on kgw.com. Jared Cowley does a good job of putting these questions together, and today he got a little assist from <laughs> Max and Nate. and From the
1: Rip It champion,
0: you know, he got an assist. So these, these are going to be top-of-the-line questions, folks. Number one, the Blazers made their first trade of the season, sending Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, two second-round picks to the Sacramento Kings for veteran forward Trevor Ariza, Caleb Swanigan, and Wenyan Gabriel. What are your thoughts on the trade? Jared, start us off. You're you're
1: the salary cap man, the transaction man. You take it all away here.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of notes here. Um, so my initial thought, like when I first saw the trade, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know what that does for me. I'm not really sure what they're doing here. It's kind of, even now, almost a week later, I look at this trade, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just fine. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, let's look at some of the, the good things about it. I do think... Trevor Ariza is an upgrade at small forward. Yes. I mean, first and foremost, he's 6'8", and you know how I love wingspan. His wingspan oh, is 7'2". Oh, man, you're gonna, I know you're going right? to drop another
1: <laughs> stat that you love, that Trevor Ariza. Oh, I'm not ranking. actually. Oh, you're not, not even going to no. bring that
2: up. Okay. I'm just going to say he's still a good defender. Okay. All right, I will. So oh, here we go. ESPN Real <laughs> Plus Minus, even though he's had a down season in Sacramento, he still ranks fifth among small forwards and defensive real plus minus and 25th overall in the NBA. And this guy's still a good defensive player. He's lost a step. He's 34 years old. He's going to be 35 in a uh, few months, but he's still a good defensive player. He won't be playing out of position. And that's what you had with Baysmore. I mean, Baysmore six, four, and I know he's got the long wingspan and I like that, but he was playing out of position. He can't really guard small forwards the way he can guards. And so, Areza is an upgrade he wasn't very good in Sacramento this season but he was fine last season and I know that because he was on my fantasy team and fantasy <laughs> stats aren't everything but he was productive with the Suns and the Wizards I looked it up when he got traded to the Wizards he played in 37 games with them when the Wizards were still kind of trying to win games and in those 37 games he averaged 15.2 points 5.6 rebounds 4.2 assists and 1.3 steals in 36 minutes per game. Those are good numbers. Yeah. I mean, this guy's always been a 3 and D guy. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's played on good teams. Yeah. So it's an upgrade. Not a huge upgrade, but an upgrade nonetheless. Looking at kind of the downside of it, I think it's based all in expectations. Our expectations for what was going to happen with these expiring contracts was that they were going to bring back a star player. Yeah. And that did not happen with this because Ariza is not a star. It's not really the Blazers' fault that Bay's more didn't perform well this season, and it's not really their fault that expiring contracts, their trade value has plummeted this season. It's just what happened. And so I think this is probably the best return they could get in a trade for Baysmore but knowing what expectations were for what this trade deadline season was going to be with these big expiring contracts that Blazers fans have been looking forward to for the past few years, I completely understand Blazers fans who are underwhelmed by by this trade. Um, I do want to go into finances and free agency a little bit. Go for it. Um, So we know that that the Blazers saved $12 million in luxury tax payments with this trade. And to me, that doesn't matter as much if the Blazers don't go all the way before the deadline and get all the way under the tax. Right now, they're still about $6.2 million over the tax. And the reason that matters to me is not because I care whether the Blazers as a franchise and with other ownership is going to save money. It's all about the repeater tax. We've talked about this. I went back and I looked up the rules to I was a little bit off in saying that it's it's, you know, repeating over three years. It's actually if you are a taxpaying team, three out of out of four years, that's when the repeater tax kicks in. And the reason the repeater tax matters and should matter to fans is because. Let's say let's look at the difference between a normal taxpaying team and a repeater tax paying team. The Blazers, if they get under the, the tax this year, they can probably stay under the tax next year looking at their books. So then if they want to spend big after that, after Dame's Supermax goes into effect, they can without having to worry about the repeater tax. And that matters because let's look ahead, say in the 2021-2022 season, let's say the Blazers are a contender. This is a hypothetical, but let's say they are, and they're $15 million above the tax line. If they're a normal taxpaying team, they'd be paying $28 million in tax payments. But if they're a repeater, it would be $44 million. And so the reason that matters is because these tax uh, restrictions or these tax uh, fees, they become more punitive if you're a repeater. And a lot of times that can be uh, something that owners don't want to deal with and it can stop them from putting the best talent on the roster As possible, And that's only going to go into effect if the Blazers are a contender. But if you're looking ahead to that when Dame is in his prime, when he's a Supermax player, then you want to get under the luxury tax now. So I think that that matters, but it only matters if they get all the way under the luxury tax line with more trades before the the deadline. My initial reaction to the last part of
1: what you just talked about is... Okay, say the Blazers do try to do what you're saying. Get under the luxury tax this year and do it again next year so they don't have to pay this repeat offender tax. Uh, Well, then you're saying, well, we're not really going to go all in until Damian Lillard's age 31 season and C.J. McCollum's age 30 season. Like, primes don't last forever. If we think Dame's in the middle of his prime and say you think it started a year or two ago, You know, how many years of prime do you have? Five? Yeah. Maybe? And so if we think he's already one or two years into it and we're already punting another season next year away, then he's got one, two, maybe three more prime years left at that point. And if I'm a fan, I I don't want to just keep punting and punting and punting and waiting for the perfect situation. Like, I get that you don't want – I get why you say – as a fan, you shouldn't want the Blazers to be in the repeater tax because it may keep them from spending and making this team as good as it could be in the future. But that's as a fan, that's not my money. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you're paying repeater tax. You told me with Damian Lillard, you're going to win an NBA championship here in Portland. So why are we not putting together the best team we can put together next season with Dame and CJ and Nurk to try and go and win a title? with those guys. Why are we waiting another year of Dames Prime before really
2: trying to go full all-in on
1: this? And so that would be my reaction to that
2: take. I think you can go all-in next season and still stay under the luxury tax. I think you could fit another, not a max level player, not someone who's making like, you know, 35, 40 million, yeah. but you can fit someone in who's making 25 to 30 million and you'd have to fill out the end of your roster with, with minimum contract guys, but you could still go all in and still stay under the luxury tax. But the year after that, once Dame Supermax kicks in, once CJ's, yeah, you're not staying under and then, at that point. I mean, you, Nurkic's next contract is most likely going to be much bigger than his current one is. You're still, are you going to pay Zach Collins? You're going to pay Anthony Simons. It's just that after next season, it basically becomes impossible to avoid the luxury tax unless you blow the thing up.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, back to the original question (laughs) of how do we feel about the Bazemore trade. I I feel bad for Orlando, because Bazemore Island, you had to desert that sucker. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, uh, that's a a tough... uh,
2: oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that's...
1: You you times. had you had prime beachfront property there, my friend. These are trying times. Yeah, that's tough for you. I'm at the same way Jared is on the trade itself. It didn't really move the needle for me positively or negatively. Uh, as he talked about, base Moore's value wasn't as high as we probably as we anticipated when the Blazers traded for him in the off season. Um, to me, the biggest upside to this is it gives the Blazers a little more flexibility in terms of what to do. With that roster spot, if they if they plan to cut Ariza, they can do with minimum financial penalties after the end of the season. If they want to bring them back, then either you have another potential trade asset moving into next year. When I would think next season expiring contracts would be of value again, because yeah. it seems like everyone wants to have money free for the 2021 free agency class. And so if you have an expiring contract going into the 2021 free agency class, I feel that would be more valuable than having an expiring contract right now. And you'd have that in Ariza. And also, if he turns out to be a good fit for the Blazers, you may have a good potential role player here. So I like the flexibility that they can have with him in terms of moving forward. And at the very least, I mean, he's an upgrade. Like, I agree with you. I think he's an upgrade from Kent Basemore right now. And uh, we'll see what he does in this. They save money, right?
0: Yeah. It's a yeah. money move. Yeah, that's, it it that's
1: is. It, no, that is the underlying theme. Yes, that's Definitely. the money move.
0: And, yeah, like this, I, I'm not getting pumped up about this. No. Like like right now, this is. But but you're
1: not also getting too
0: down about it. Though, no, right? this yeah. is like an incomplete right yeah. now. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever the Blazers are going to do, uh, I I am I am going to hold out judgment until we get to to February sixth. Yeah. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you use the word expectation, and yeah. that is where it is at. How often do we talk about summer of 2016? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what all this means yeah. and and the ability to go out and get that star because they can't get this star player to Portland via free agency. We don't have enough time to draft a star. Nope. We, the, the prime window is approaching us. We are in it right now with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. I agree. So – I don't blame Blazers fans when they are mad on February 6th if nothing happens beyond this. Yeah, I would oh, agree totally with that. And when you just see this, I can understand why Blazers fans are frustrated right now with this. Yeah, I I, I guess I lean on the side of uh, Kent Bazemore wasn't the right fit. It didn't work out. I'm upset about it. I Yeah, I'm totally. like You know, having to leave Bazemore Island, it was stormy. Like I it feel just, for you, man. Yeah, it just wasn't right. And... Uh by all accounts it seems like bringing bringing Trevor Reza in is a a somewhat of a better fit but he's got to make three pointers yeah. or else you know I guess we have a guy with long wings who who can who can We defend, got Maurice you know? Harkless again. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, So um let's see what happens with this but they got a starter out of it uh who who can come in and play and and is going to pick things up really yeah. quick as a vet. So um that's kind of where I stand with this right now. It's it I I, I think I put on, on on my answer on kgw.com that I don't think it really makes them any better. Like I'm not going to see a ton of wins but no. if we're splitting hairs, and it's like okay, yeah, you know what, this fit is is is, no. is better than what what we had with Baysmore, um, but let, let's let's see what happens. I'm going to hold judgment on this until we see the big picture and what happens um, come February 6th.
2: I'll make two more quick points, and these are kind of money points again. Yeah the Blazers could turn around and trade Areza before the deadline, not with another player. You can't aggregate him in a trade, but you can add a pick. And so if there was another player that was, you know, 10 to $15 million that they like better than Ariza, that's a better fit, they could use Areza with a pick to go get him before the February 6th deadline. So that's an option. And also like you were talking about, Areza becomes an expiring contract next season if they bring him back. But if they are over the cap, but under the the tax, it's not just you know that you don't have to worry about paying the luxury tax payments or that you have to worry about repeater. It's also trade restrictions become less strict in those scenarios. You have more you know avenues to to upgrade your roster, and just with Ariza, for example, his twelve million dollar contract next season, if they're under the tax, they could bring back a player that makes about eighteen million dollars in a trade with, for him. And so, I think that. Blazers fans might hear this and be like, yeah, well, if Neil O'Shea is not doing this now, why would we yeah. trust him to do it next season? That, that's, that was but what I was going to bring up, yeah. If the expiring contracts are more valuable next season, and there's a player out there that makes, you know, around $20 million, who's a big upgrade, then you could use Ariza in that scenario. But again, I mean, we haven't seen it from O'Shea up to this point, so you got to yeah see what he does
1: well that's why i was gonna say orlando brought up the summer of 16 like we were supposed to finally have an end to the summer of 16 with this trade deadline and this trade in a way just kind of potentially pushed that date a year further down the road so we can keep talking about this and you know at some point you're gonna end up with nothing or you're gonna end up with something you can't just keep kicking the can down the
0: road right and people are over it yeah yeah like all right, it's time to buck up. Yeah, no. But what's going to happen? Fans here? want fans want the organization to go all in right now. I guess my last uh, note on this that, that I had to make sure we all knew about was, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that uh, Anthony Tolliver will never get that statue in front of the Moda after <laughs> yeah. that game against Charlotte, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but at least we'll we, all remember we where we always were at. Have that. We had a
1: fan question, a listener question last week asking who Got has it. a better chance of uh, playing well for the Blazers the rest of the way, and the two options were Kent Bazemore and Anthony was, Tolliver. Wasn't that our
0: boy? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, Reverend Romney. Reverend,
1: yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then I think uh, there was they played one game. If that <laughs> after that question with the Blazers, and then they were gone
0: together. It, it was brilliant. It was yeah. so timely. Yeah. Uh, it it was still appropriate even after they were dealt away. Yeah. All right. Question number two. This is the fun one. I've been waiting <laughs> right to hear Nate's yes. answer. Oh. To Come this on. Now
1: you're, bu- you're building up way too much for this. Jared, Jared liked it for a reason that you're probably not going to like as much. <laughs> so,
0: Well, here we go. We're going we're gonna to learn today. Yeah. Number two, Damian Lillard scored a franchise record 61 points in Portland's win against Golden State. Where does it rank on his list of career accomplishments? Well,
1: as you gentlemen know, I was in the building yeah. that night. I was completely unaware he had this many <laughs> points until Jared made a joke about 60, and then I looked and he had 54. <laughs> so that that shows how closely I was watching the game while being there. Uh, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer or come out with a hot take here, but I'm gonna say it's not even in his top five of accomplishments. Uh, I mean, it was. That is a hot take. That's an impressive. It's an impressive performance. He was great, and it was a ton of fun, especially at the end of the game because. He's just put the team on his back against the worst team in the Western Conference. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's not even in the top five, and here are the reasons why. One and two, we all know what those moments are, the shots against Oklahoma City and Houston. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to take offense to that. Number three to me, and he didn't have the best series statistically on the floor against the Denver Nuggets, but he is the leader of that team that got Portland to the Western Conference Finals the first time in nearly two decades so to me that's an accomplishment for him in his career so that is number three on my list and we think of that as the cj series yeah. but dane did a lot of things that open up avenues for cj to take advantage and he's the leader of that team who finally at least won more than one playoff series number four for me and i think this is why jared liked it uh is if the Blazers are going to win a title, if Damian Lillard's going to win a title in Portland, a big reason for that is going to be Yusuf Nurkic. And when Yusuf Nurkic came to Portland, Jason Quick just wrote about it, he was not in the best spot uh, personally or basketball-wise, professionally. And Damian Lillard took him under his wing immediately and basically straightened out his path in the NBA, in the Portland Trailblazers. And it helps that they have, They have this personal connection as well that extends beyond the hardwood. But to me, the effort to foster that relationship immediately from day one when Nurkic got here, to me, that's an accomplishment for Damian Lillard. If Yusuf Nurkic comes back and is the player we saw prior to him being hurt, like, he's their second best player. And I'm not sure he would be that if Dame didn't extend out to Nurk the way he did when Nurk first got here. So to me... His relationship reinstilling confidence and holding Nurkic accountable and grooming him kind of a little bit into the player that he is today. That's accomplishment number four right there for Dame. And number five, I'll finally go with a regular season one. When he dropped 59 against Utah a couple seasons ago, that was while they were fighting for a playoff spot. It was the second to last game of the season. I'll throw that one in as accomplishment number five. I think that one was more impressive. Than the 61 he dropped against Golden State because it actually had playoff implications for the Blazers, and statistically he shot better in that game too. So there's five. Not even I'm not going to keep going because I want other people to talk. But uh, (laughs) yeah, not even in the top five. It was great. It was fun. It was wild, but not in the top five.
0: It was so sentimental. I haven't seen this side of Nate before. I told you. Look at how heavy that was. I
1: told you. That's why Jared liked it, and that's why I thought, you know, you're not going to be as big of a fan of
0: this. (laughs) That's not your style, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to bash you.
2: I liked it because he took this question and looked at his accomplishments, not just games. And I immediately went to games, and that's what I started looking through and what were his best games. And I think that Nate deserves a lot of credit for this answer. because oh, yeah. Sing the here praise, go, baby. Sing the praise. No, I, I, Woo! I loved it because it wasn't just accomplishments like games and awards he's won or anything like that. It was something, you know, like you said, sentimental. But what he's done to foster that relationship with Yusuf Nurkic, which is really important. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I loved that answer, and I think it's amazing.
1: In Thank my you. opinion... Your answer,
2: I'm sure, is going to be equally amazing. It's Go fun, it. but it's, it's nowhere near as good. <laughs> it was the best regular season performance of Lillard's career. Oh, in my okay. And I know that there were, there were like bigger stakes in that Utah game and other games that he's played really well. But I think the reason why I put it as the top regular season performance of his career is because this dude has zero help right now. And, and it, the Blazers have been losing to just about everyone. And it's kind of sad that it took all of this, him doing all of this, for them to beat the worst team in the NBA at home in overtime. But it was just so impressive to me because of what this season has been. Yeah. And so it's, it was really hard because I was trying to rank these games, and I had like three regular season games, and I really could have ranked any of them. And one of them had to fall outside the top five because postseason performances are going to mean matter uh, matter more to me than any regular season game just because the stakes are higher. So very quickly, here are my top five. Number one, it has to be the OKC game last season, obviously. Yes. Game five, Lillard had 50 points. He also had seven boards, six assists, three steals, shot really well from the field, hit 10 three-pointers, and of course hit the 37-footer, the shot that Paul George, after the game, referred to as a bad shot.
1: Oh, man, you're he never going to let that go He waved to chair. Russell
2: Westbrook in the Thunder. Iconic moment. And literally broke up that duo. Absolutely. Number two, 0.8 seconds. Mm -hmm. We remember that game, 2014. Game six, first round playoff series against the Rockets. Now, Lillard only had 25 points in that game. But hitting that shot to win a first round playoff series for the Blazers for the first time in 14 years automatically takes that up my list. Number three was a second round game against the Warriors in 2016. And that was the season after LaMarcus had left when the Blazers exceeded everyone's expectations and nobody expected them to do anything. And they did a lot more than anyone expected. And in that playoff series against the... That was the only game the Blazers won in that series yeah. against the Warriors. But they gave the Warriors all they could handle in that series. Steph Curry had to come to the rescue in game four, if I'm correct. He did. That's yeah. right. Lillard had 40 points, 10 assists, 5 boards, shot really well again from the field in that game. After the series ended, Warrior star Clay Thompson praised the Blazer, Blazers and said, that might be the closest five-game series of all time. Ooh. And I remember that. You know, I was looking for that to see if I could go find that quote because I remember that from when it happened. Yeah. So then you get the game that we just talked about, the 61-point game. And again, there have been so few bright spots this season. This season, I think when Blazers fans look back, that will be something that will remember. Oh, yeah. You'll remember, where was I, you know. Like our text thread during that game was a lot of fun, and it was yeah. because that was just an iconic moment. And so I think that Blazers fans will remember that. And finally, that Utah game actually ended up as honorable mention for me because my fifth game was yeah. twenty sixteen, tough crowd here, tough crowd regular season. Blazers blew out the Warriors one thirty seven Oh, I, this is the game after First the All Star break. After the All-Star okay, break. yeah. Dame had fifty one points, seven assists. But the reason this one went above the Utah mm. game for me. Was because the Warriors were unbeatable that season. Yeah, and then also Dame had six steals in that game, and I remember this one steal he had where he leaped into the air, steal the ball, and like fell down on his back. And it was just like the defensive effort, the offensive effort in that game was was unparalleled. After it wasn't directly after the game, but Clay Thompson again the next game. That's a quote machine, man. He said the Blazers got lucky and called the result a fluke. And oh, Dane, t- Dane took offense to that. And Clay was right, but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so there's my top part. Oh, Well, yeah. I'm okay with you putting that in, just for
1: the Clay <laughs> quote in yeah. there. That was the I best gave part of it. you two Clay quotes. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Nate
0: was smiling from
1: ear to ear. Uh, <laughs> his numbers raised in the rafters in Pullman now for forever. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, yeah, the, the way that I, I wrote the answer to this one was definitely, this is the best moment of this season. Yeah. Oh. And that's where I left it at. Oh, okay. Uh, because... Right out of the gate, I'm like, I only had to go back a half a season, yeah, like less than a year to find a, a better moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for what this year has been like, I mean, he's, he dropped 60 and they still lost.
1: Yeah, yep. you know? earlier this year. Yeah. We didn't even talk about yeah. that until now. Yeah. yeah, the Brooklyn game.
0: And so it just shows you, like, how much he single-handedly won that game for them Yeah. and, and scoring 61. And I just thought it was a lot of fun and it provided some hope for a season that has been down in the dumps. Yeah. And that in itself was really special to see. And shout out to Nate because when that game started I was clowning on him <laughs>
1: for yeah. even being at the Votus Center. You, you you took a shot at me. Just you you <laughs> said that the Blazers pay you to be there is what you <laughs> responded with. <laughs> And who would have thought a Monday night against yeah. the worst team in the Western Conference may have been their most
2: entertaining game at home so far this year. I yeah. told my family in the first half when we were texting back and forth, they were watching that stupid show, The Bachelor. Sorry if <laughs> any of our <laughs> listeners like The Bachelor. Whoa, whoa. trigger! I couldn't watch the Blazers game because they were hogging the TV with The Bachelor. And, and There's so not another room? <laughs> No, my son was playing video games. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have no control of my family apparently. <laughs> but I told my family that Nate said that he needed uh, lots of
1: beer to get through that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely spent more money on beer than I did the ticket that night, <laughs> guarantee. But it was it, no, it turned it was, out to be such a it, better it game did. than you. It was so much it. fun, and yeah. it like I mean just Blazers Twitter, just NBA Twitter. I, Beyond Blazers Twitter, NBA Twitter was on fire after yep. that damn game, and it shows. It shows how much winning matters in those type of performances. Like he yeah. dropped 60 against Brooklyn, and the reaction was not near the no. same because they lost the game. He dropped 61, and they beat Golden State, and the reaction. It's all. It's everywhere. It's I, leading Sports Center.
0: It's yeah. all over the place. I love that you mentioned that because he was able to do this on a TNT game. Yeah, on a national audience where That's more good eyes are, yeah. are on it. Yeah. And And on Martin Luther King Day, too. Yeah. So a lot of people are watching uh, the NBA that day. And so to pick the time to have that career night uh, just added to it. And even in the mentions on on Twitter and stuff, it was crazy. It felt like we were covering a winning team again.
1: Yeah. It felt like a playoff game, honestly, the type of reaction after it.
0: Yeah, based on the reaction that we got. And and so I thought that was pretty cool, and it was refreshing to have that. So then to add – uh, the excitement of Nurkic practicing again. Um, it's a turning point, gentlemen. It's been pretty cool. Calling it now. we got to pick
1: games here. I was
0: about to say, until we get to question number three.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> You're taking a leap there. <laughs> all right. So, question number three, we, we roll with predictions every time. So, the Blazers, they play three games between now and our next podcast. They're all at home. They play the Mavericks, who are 27-16 and 16 tonight. Then it's the Pacers, who are 29-16 and 16 on Sunday. Sneaky Pacers, man. Yeah. And then how about those Rockets? They're 27-16 and 16 on Wednesday. Whoa. Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose?
1: Let's check out the standings right now, the Pick'Em standings here, not the Western Conference standings. Don't look at those. They'll just make you sad. <laughs> uh Orlando is 29-13 and 13 so far this year. I believe we all had a perfect week last week. Yep. Uh, we all went 3-0 and with our picks last week. You're 29-13. Jared's one game back, 28-14. I'm two games back, 27-15. and 15. Now let's talk about that turning point of the season because the winning formula, as we know, in this pick em so far this year. Yeah. So if they're playing a good team, winning record, go with that other team. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. The Blazers go 0-3 here. Over the next three games, I don't care that it's at home. I, I'm i taking the Mavericks. I'm taking the Pacers. And I'm definitely taking the Rockets in a revenge game uh, in, at the Moda Center. And it's, I feel we're not going to be as happy <laughs> at our next podcast when we come around. This is it, it, folks. This yeah. is our peak. Yeah, that turn, <laughs> that, that, that turning point is not happening. They're losing all three of these games 0-3. Oh, Jared. All right. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is, there's going to yep. be, he's going to throw like two and one oh, at please, us or something. I hope here. so. Oh, my gosh. Make I may, this is interesting, Jerry. I may be drinking the Kool-Aid a little oh, bit. Oh, you're drinking
2: more than Kool-Aid, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So these are all good teams. And Blazers usually lose to good teams this season. At the Moda Center, Portland is at least a 500 team with a positive net rating. So can they beat any of these teams? The Mavericks are really good on the road. On the road, I didn't know they were this good on the road. They're 14-5, and and they have a a 7.5-point net rating. So they're not going to beat the Mavericks. Okay. The Pacers and Rockets are both just okay on the road. They're about 500 on the road. They both have a net rating of about Mm 1, which is about the same as what the Blazers have at home. They're about 500, a net rating of about 1. What you do have is Indiana and Houston are both playing the last game of long road trips when they come into Portland. Okay. This will be the last game of a five-game road trip for the Pacers and the last game of a four-game road trip for the Rockets. So because of that, I am going to go out on a very oh, big limb here. Oh, he is say going 2-1. Do it! Say do it! it. Max. are it. you ready? I'm giving the Blazers wins in both of those games. It's a 2-1 week. <laughs> oh! Oh!
0: Hoo-hoo. Wow. Wow! I wow! I told
2: can't. you I was drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Yeah, you're you're
1: having some of what I, I think had it Monday was, night at the Blazers I think it was Nurkic's return that that got me. I Fair mean, enough. I mean, yeah, he has I a power know. over you, man. It's like I a spell. Know. Yep. I'm yep. happy he did this because now I can jump him in our pick up standing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could either go very well for me, or I could crash this. This could literally ruin your pick up season.
0: Yep. You yep. know, a, a few weeks ago we had a, a pretty favorable Blazers schedule, right? And
1: it was like a, more than a few weeks ago and, now and you but. and I
0: you and I were like they have to lose one of those games yeah right? yeah yeah like
1: oh the, so you're going the opposite now is but, what you're telling And so
0: me. I was thinking to myself the Blazers have to win one of those games it just felt it it took all of the common sense like <laughs> all of the uh losses that I've had this season to to stay away from temptation yeah so I followed the Nate Hansen path on this one. there we
2: go. I think is, this is the or, or original Orlandos
1: Oh yeah. Path, yeah yeah I
0: think yeah I yeah, think man. I'm
2: jumping on this one here.
0: yeah so. we're, if, if it's a good team with a winning record, take take the Blazers' L. yeah so I did it they're, they're going 0 and3, but that Pacers game was looking right at me like, dude, pick me that, that could be a win at home. That's
2: interesting
1: because so
0: I, I was really tempted by that by that game
2: and the Rockets. Right now they're a mess. I know well, they beat Denver last yeah, night, yeah. but Denver had nobody except for Jokic. Yeah, like everyone else was hurt. The Rockets are a disaster right now. Well, yeah, James Harden has really struggled to shoot for about two or three weeks, which
1: is why they're bad. Once he figures it back out, the Rockets are going to be good again. Well, I mean, we already know the Blazers know how to shut him down. So. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The James Harden Stoppers. That that's should right. be that should be their new team name here.
2: All right. Listen, I'm, I I fully know I'm going out on a very shaky I love limb it. Here. Yeah, that I is. I love uh, it. Yeah, that,
1: I'm glad you did that. I think, I think you
2: jumped on a limb
1: from a tree Too on Baysmore Island, man.
2: <laughs> Woo! It's way out there. I was already off Baysmore Island. You know that. Yeah,
1: As they say
0: in Rip City, you know what time it is.
2: You've got mail.
1: Oh. <laughs> I, I I didn't expect that to be what it's followed. Not, it's not yeah, we quite that time. It's not quite that time. <laughs> no. you, you, got, you got the people all riled up. Yeah. I, I wow. love how
3: excited you are, Orlando. We got a few oh, list- listener questions to uh, go over. I'm right. looking right at Rip It. So yeah. again, uh, thank Not you to everybody yet. to who sent in a question. Jared, let people know how they can how they can get in touch with us.
0: So you can
2: reach out to us on email if you'd like. We have an email, three on three blazers at gmail.com. You can also reach out to any one of the four of us on Twitter and send your questions whenever you'd like. Um, we also the day before or the day of the podcast, we'll send out tweets asking for questions. Uh, you can find me at Jared Cowley. Orlando. Or
0: yeah. At Orlando KGW. <laughs> at enhance
2: underscore KGW.
3: He's still thinking about rip it.
0: <laughs> yeah, he,
1: he got he's oh. all shook right now. I'm
0: locked into one of these questions
3: here. If oh, okay. you can find me at maxnbar on Twitter. So let's get to these questions. First one is from our buddy Matthew, the Rev, Rev Romulus. You brought that heat last week.
1: He's brought it a couple weeks. He has he reached out to you on Twitter yet, Max, ever since you called him out? No. 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 Are you are you wanting him to reach out to you? Like <laughs> Like, how, how do we end this? Or is there just I'm, no beef here? And I'm I, just trying to stir the I'm pot. I'm
3: indifferent. Yeah, you're trying to create. This is a manufactured beef <laughs> <Okay>.
1: situation.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, Matthew I, wants to know, what would be a bigger outrage? Alex Caruso getting more all-star fan votes than Dame, or Ant not being asked to participate in the dunk contest?
2: Oh, That is a good question. Uh, when are we going to find out the final tally for all-star votes? It's coming soon, right? I th- yeah, I mean
1: the well, game's only a fan like vote three plus weeks a media vote right. Yeah,
3: plus a player vote. Yeah, and the media yeah. vote has
1: already had to be done. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, think
2: we might find out soon.
3: The starters are announced tonight, tonight. I believe, oh. and the reserves are the announced s- the following Thursday.
2: So I think we'll find out the final vote tally tonight, then, because the starters—I mean, what these votes that we're getting—that matters for starters only. Yeah. Not for reserves. Right. So we'll find out soon enough if Alex Caruso passed Damian Lillard. Uh, to me, that would be – see, I don't think either of these is
1: that big of an outrage if you're not a Portland Trail Blazers fan. Because, uh, I mean, Alex Caruso's on the Lakers, and LeBron calls him the GOAT. So, of course, he's <laughs> getting all-star votes. And unless, you, unless you're unless you a Portland Trail Blazers fan, I don't even know if you know who Anthony Simons is. And so, if I had to pick one, I'd go with the Alex Caruso over Damian Lillard, just because people know who Damian Lillard is. So, obviously, he should get more votes than Alex Caruso. I don't know how many people outside of Portland even know who Anthony Simons is, and much less that he should be invited to the dunk contest.
0: Yeah, man, the bigger outrage is uh, Caruso. Yeah, um, but luckily there's LeBron checks, calls checks him checks the, the balances in this thing. Yes, uh, that will elevate Damian Lillard into the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I won't be surprised at all when the results come out in Caruso. Uh, had more votes than than Dame, yeah. but I that mean, he, that he is he the kept outrage. Climbing up
2: that list, yeah. You know, he started, out, I think he was eighth, and then he was sixth, and then last week he was fourth. It's right all that goat name. talk.
0: Yeah, I think what like. No, I, it's
2: not all that goat talk. It's like, Lakers fans. Yeah,
0: I mean, well, just a couple of years ago, those Lakers. I mean, uh, Warriors fans almost got Petulia, almost got Zaza <laughs> yeah. in there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, here we are again. But it's it's a lot of fun. I think fans should be able to express. Yeah you know, who they like and would like to see in that game. But the only reason th- I that would be the outrage if somehow Dame didn't get in and, and Caruso. Sure. It.
2: And the only way I'd care about these silly votes like with Caruso getting so many votes or Taco Fall in the East getting so many votes is if they were actually voted in somehow as a starter. And right. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. So if that's not possible, I don't care about it. It's all fun. I mean, yeah. this is a fan sport. So let the fans vote for who they want. I mean, Mello's doing
1: well in the forwards in the
2: West. Yeah, And he's not as deserving as to be as high as he is for sure. If Alex Caruso got more all-star votes than Damian Lillard, though, that would just be silly. I mean, it would just be ridiculous. It, so It, it seems like care, you're more mad
1: than the word silly lets the listener know. It seems <laughs> like, just looking at your face, it seems like you're pretty PO'd if that would happen. <laughs> I mean,
2: Caruso's averaging, what, like five points a game or something? And yes, yeah. he's a good reserve, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's... It's it's ridiculous. Let, let it your true matter, feelings out, Jared. He's, okay. he, he's
3: simmering. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There we go. <laughs> he's, he's coming to a boil. Yeah. I definitely. care, but I don't care. <laughs> there are there are more Lakers fans than Blazers fans. It's just that simple. Yeah. yeah. This is a fan vote. Yep. Whatever. Next question, from Labby three forty. We cut the first part of this. We've kind of been over. Rank Lillard's five best games. Yeah. Second part of this question. What are the Blazers going to do in the next weeks slash months? What is Olshay's plan? Ooh.
2: We don't know, no. first of all. Nobody knows except oh. for Neil Olshay and, a few and Nate Hansen.
3: <laughs> 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 oh,
2: Nate knows. You've got some some top secret intel here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be called we're saving the buck is the <laughs> is the plan over the next couple weeks. I think That's I, what it that, seems like. That's what it showed yeah. with the Kent Bazemore move. and. Who knows? Maybe they're just being selective and are just picking an option of, we can save some money here with Kent Bazemore, but with Hassan Whiteside, it's going to be something different, you know. But I don't feel that that's the case. I feel the plan, Shay's plan right now, I think, is to save money. And so we'll see.
2: We've got a little breaking news. CJ McCollum is not playing tonight against the Mavericks.
1: Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't pick uh, the Blazers to win. You should have gone 3-0, and Jared.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going back on that one. Um, Yeah, I think that that seems like that's, I think that there's a directive. We don't know this. This isn't, I'm not reporting anything. It's just speculation. But it seems like there's a directive to get under the luxury tax to save money, to not pay, you know, as much as the Blazers are paying for a team that's at best going to, you know, first-round exit in the playoffs. Um, The question is whether Neil Shea can make a trade where he's able to get under the luxury tax but also add talent. Not just for this season, but for next season, future seasons, and that is possible. Um, but whether that trade is out there is remains to be seen. So I think that if we if we're pretty certain that the plan is going to be to save more money and get under the luxury tax, then the best we can hope for is that that trade brings back players who can help the Blazers next season.
0: Thought we might use the word
1: tank. Oh no,
0: <laughs> that's not
1: that's not coming from here. I'm surprised it didn't come up in a question yeah, though, this
0: week. Because if we're, if we're talking money on February 6th, like. Yeah,
1: well, I don't want to be talk. Trust me, I don't want to be talking. I just, I think the writing is on the wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe it is a, a lot tougher to deal a guy like Hassan Whiteside than than, than anticipated. anticipated.
2: Yeah. But I wonder, we know what Whiteside is, but I wonder as we get closer to the deadline, if teams who are looking for front court help, who are maybe looking at Andre Drummond or Steven Adams, and if those trades don't work out, are they then going to look at Whiteside, you know, a little more generously and, and think maybe this is someone we should bring in? You yeah. never know. I, I mean well, like what team are is. you thinking about? Is there any team well, you have in mind? We know that the Celtics are looking for front yes. court help. The Mavericks are, the Clippers are. But ha-
1: but see, like fear the Celtics, like how much of an upgrade is like Hassan Whiteside
2: from what you currently have? You it have Annis Cantor on, and I know you think Cantor's better than thinks. Whiteside. Yeah, I mean it, it depends so. on what the front office thinks of any of these teams, but yeah. as you get closer to the deadline, you do become more desperate. Yeah. And we know what Whiteside is, but his stats are still really good. Even his advanced stats this year are pretty good. So I could see a front office talking themselves into him, especially since he's an expiring contract. Yeah. It's not like you're on the, the no. you know the hook for twenty-seven million next season. Yeah. That's over after this season.
3: All right, guys. Last question. This one's from Jesse should I boo Trevor Ariza for the Rudy thing (laughs) when I go to the Spurs game on February 6th? Who wants to explain the Rudy thing? Uh,
1: Jared was, Jared's the man for this right here. Yeah, man. I may have been in diapers when this happened. (laughs) wasn't that (laughs) long ago.
2: (laughs) I think it was Rudy's rookie season, if I remember right. And he was a very exciting player for the Blazers, a fan favorite. The Blazers were playing the Lakers and blowing them out. And I think it was in the third quarter, Rudy Fernandez was going in for a layup, an open layup, and Ariza came up from behind him, and he swung really hard at the ball. He did not swing at his head. Let's, you know, dispose of that. But he did swing really hard at the ball, knocked Rudy to the ground, and Rudy missed, ended up, it looked really bad in the moment, like Rudy was maybe going to have something wrong with his neck or something like that. He ended up missing a couple games but he wasn't really ever the same after that. And so I think it was part of it was, and if you go back and watch that clip, the Blazers announcers at the time did not do anything to quell fan outrage. (laughs) They were, one in particular, was just really, really angry about it. And so I understand where Blazers fans are upset about that. I don't think Trevor, I don't think it was a dirty play. I don't think Trevor Ariza was trying to hurt Rudy Fernandez. He did go for the ball. Um, But that said, If you want to boo Trevor Ariza, boo Trevor Ariza. Yeah. You know, you're a fan. You get to do what you want at the games, you know, within reason. And if you think that that was, that it still merits a boo now, then go for it. Uh, Trevor Ariza did talk about it yesterday. He said that um, he reached out to Rudy Fernandez after it happened and apologized. He, you know, Rudy Fernandez back then said, let's move past this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I don't know. That's kind of where I stand with it. I'm, I'm not sure.
0: It was funny when um, Trevor was asked about, uh, you know, his initial reaction to coming to Portland. And <laughs> he said, well, I didn't really have one. But then I, I immediately thought about, like, oh, are fans still going to be PO'd? Are, are they still going to be mad about uh, what happened 10 years ago?
1: You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: And so that was funny that he was the one that brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a, a lot of people wanted to ask him if he remembered that. But um, I thought that was funny that he at least recognized and, and mentioned, hey, Portland fans are passionate and they love their basketball here. So he at least understands what he's what he's getting into.
1: Fifteen years of playing in the NBA and NBA championship, and he still remembers that moment yeah. from yeah. 10 years ago. So it obviously stuck with him for one reason or another, which is pretty interesting. I'm, I'm with Jared. Yeah. Jesse, if you want to boo, totally. go boo him, man let it out if you if you if you've had pent-up anger for 10 years about this and you just want to let it out let it go jesse <laughs> this is your opportunity don't from do it don't seen, do it jesse <laughs> from what i've seen on
2: twitter about this i i would be surprised if there aren't a few fans that yeah. boo him because of this and and only this and it was a very hard very aggressive foul yeah. i don't think it was dirty but it was a very hard very aggressive foul so
3: you think Blazers fans are going to boot him when he's introduced in the starting lineup.
2: I think there will be a handful of fans that do. <laughs> it's going to be a very loud minority. You don't occupy Blazers Twitter like I do. <laughs> no, I I, I believe you. They're so mad. I I, bu- I
3: believe your honest assessment of all yeah. this. I, I I just find that silly. I feel I like I feel like it would be different. <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like it would be different. Also, if they were 25 and 18 and not 18 and 25, like yeah. if you're hunting for a playoff spot and this guy's could conceivably help you, then I think fans would be a little more on board, but I think fans right now are just angry at everything, and this is another thing to be angry at.
0: If he... Plays defense and makes threes. All those fools that boo him on night one I are going to be cheering for him. Oh, yeah. A&S no, it, yeah, it, it, it'll it
1: will change quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it'll change real fast. But you're
0: right. You're going to feel how you want to feel. Isn't that also. what happened when Anthony Davis
1: returned to the Pel- to New Orleans? Like, they all booed him like crazy. Or after the trade deadline uh, last year. So he's still on the team. That's right. Yeah. They all booed him like crazy, and then he dropped like 40, and everyone was all <laughs> going crazy by the end <laughs> of it for him. So, yeah, it changes on a dime.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. It's that time of the show. Yes. It's great to be back with another week of Rip It.
1: Oh, it is, Max. It is very good to be back.
0: I love the little A. A in there. (laughs)
3: A. (laughs) Nate's excited. He's running away with the Rip It title this season. This pains me. He's won three games.
1: Two in a row. Two in a row. And and Orlando saved your bacon one week. If he didn't get one question right, I'd be up at four right now.
3: Orlando and Jared, you guys need to step it up Mm. if you want to come back this season. I'm trying, man. Let's get to last week's recap. For
1: what it's worth, guys, I don't feel very good about my picks this week. So if you have – I think this is an opportunity for one of you to get one here.
0: I already know I missed one.
1: Oh, well,
3: one doesn't kill you. Unless it was last week when I got four.
0: We are starting with
3: Blazers at Mavericks. The first question for this game was who would score more points, Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic? Oh, my gosh. This is going to oh. be so
2: close.
1: Yeah. Nate, oh you my went gosh.
3: with Dame – Yes. Orlando and Jared went with Doncic.
1: Oh, my gosh.
3: And Doncic scored 35 points. Oh, my gosh. Willard, he came on. 34. No! Oh No. <laughs> oh. No, oh, wait, wait, wait. You, wait. you chose Dodges. It. What are you <laughs> mad about? You heard it. it right. I heard it wrong. I'm so
1: in Jared's I have such head. a defeatist attitude <laughs> yeah. right now. I'm like in Jared's head right now. When <laughs> I
2: typed up the Rip It records, I put a frowny face next to Nate's three score.
3: That's where I am right now. He's become conditioned <laughs> to yeah, lose. To, to expect <laughs> to get it wrong. Okay, so, so that was close. So that yeah, close. Dame one. had like 20 points in the first quarter, and I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm glad I picked him. And then Dodges got – Fire he at got the hot fire, actually. He got hot
0: late. Eight yeah. three-pointers, I think. Yeah.
3: Uh. Next question from the same game. The question was, which total will be greater? Points from Anthony Simons or assists from Doncic? Ooh. This one really pulled at Nate's heartstrings a little bit. Yeah, this was tough. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up going with Doncic. Did. And Jared, you joined him there. Good Orlando, call. you said Penny Simons is going <laughs> off. <laughs> He's going for 11. <laughs> 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 so the question is, did he go for 11? He did not get oh. to 11. Oh. Simons 7 points. Uh, oh, that's, that's not, not that's not bad, though. Penny. 7 assists. Oh, it's a push. <laughs> on, oh. Man.
2: That's Horrible. pushed. It. Penny. Oh. Man, oh. I need every point I can get. <laughs> Dude. did.
3: So did Penny.
1: Yeah, man. Are we sure Donchiston, he should have uh, passed on that last shot, <laughs> that <should've> last <laughs> three. He should have passed, get the assist. Dame would have got the points, and I'd be sitting at two right now. Instead Why did he get
2: the home assist? That's what I'm, assisting. yeah.
3: Come that, on. That's how fine a line it is between uh, rip wins yes. and rip it losses. Um,
1: one, one decision leaves me at zero when I could have two. Yeah. Man, Luca.
3: All right, next question. Blazers at Thunder. Question was most three-pointers. CJ. Oh, no. Gallinari. Or Dennis Schroeder.
2: Oh, man. Oh,
1: now,
3: man. <laughs> Jared, you went with future Blazer Gallinari. <laughs> oh. Keep, keep dreaming, my friend. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, Orlando, you and Nate both went with CJ, who that's, did not play in the game. That's uh, Neither too bad. did Gallinari. Oh, <laughs> hey. I'm still
1: in this, too. Yeah. <laughs> How many did
0: Schroeder hit?
3: Two for
1: two. All, All right. Oh, okay. Man, I'm okay. dying here. Sure, and like we, I think Jared made a comment last week, like, "Oh, no one's gonna go with Schroeder, huh?" Yeah. And well, you should go with Schroeder, Jared. Should have gone with Schroeder. Should have gone with Schroeder. He's
2: having the I feel like a career I have year. Three points right now instead of one, and this is just not. You're just my letting way. us
3: hang around right now. No, all right. Trailer. Next question: Blazers versus Warriors. The question was a twist on a on one of my favorite questions. It was how m- one. It was, how many Warriors will score in double figures against the Blazers? I went high on this, yeah, so I feel like have, I may get this. You have a shot at this one, dude. You? Nate, you, seemed, you contradicted yourself a little bit. You said, who can even score 10 <laughs> points on the Warriors? <laughs> and then you followed that up by saying five guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah baby. In five figures. of them. Jared, you and Orlando both said four.
1: Oh, please mm. tell me there's
3: five of these guys. So we had Alec Burks. Lead the way for the Warriors. He yep. had 33. Yeah. He was a monster. He's killed the Blazers this year. D'Angelo Russell, n- no slouch in, no slouch himself, 27. That's two. Marquise Chris with 14 points off the bench. All saw that coming. That's three. Eric Pascal yes. scored 22 points. Mm. He owns the Blazers. That's four. Mm. And Willie Cauley-Stein oh. with 12 points. Oh, yes. That's five. Can I interject for a second
2: about this game? So I'm watching this game, and I know what this question is, and it's in my mind the whole time I'm watching the game. Oh, man. At the end of regulation, Orlando and I have it. It's four in double figures. Then Willie Collie Stein goes and scores four points in overtime to get himself into double digits to go up to five. But it's not over yet. Because Alec Burks fouls out and they put Jordan Poole in, who has nine points. Oh. All he has to do is score two <laughs> points. Oh, he has to make get one the basket. Point away from you, Nate. And at the end of reg- oh. at the end of overtime, he gets the ball, goes and lays the ball in. Right after the buzzer. Oh no. <laughs> oh wow. Oh. I was so mad. Wow. The wow. sixty one points for Dame didn't even matter because wow. Nate got the point.
1: Wow, so everyone in Rip City is celebrating oh. Dame dropping sixty one, <laughs> the most exciting moment of the Blazers season, <laughs> and Jared is tortured by
2: Max's rip it wow. question. <laughs> and Jordan I love
1: cool. I love the mental games
2: he pulled up you have over like, him. Wow. He pulled up right at the end. I, I almost like he didn't want to score before the buzzer sounded. You need to be like angels in the
3: outfield and just like push yes. him up a little faster for that layup. I couldn't believe it. Wow, I didn't even catch it. I'm stunned by this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now, is that is that worse than the Jokic three from a few weeks ago? Oh, shot, that, that, shot got shot yeah. that got me two points? That got me two answers so right? Oh, uh, man. maybe that if you got oh, two. Oh, that's out of the that. worst. Yeah, I got two answers right out wow. of it because he made painful, it. dude. Wow. These yeah. It's horrible. These are some bad beats in I, history. Oh. I am glad you were paying this
1: close attention to the literally the very last play of the game.
3: <laughs> that would have ruined the and
1: game. And you really. knew the question. I completely forgotten about this question.
3: Man, crazy. Well,
1: well it would have
2: been fine. He would have scored, got into double digits. Nate would have won. The Blazers still would have won. Dame still would have had 61. Oh, wow, so
1: Jordan yeah. Poole,
2: of all people, yep.
1: ruined the night right, for Jared. So are we, or, where are we at theory. right now? Are we all have one? That's right.
0: I'm oh glad, my I'm gosh! We're all tied at, we at one. The, we got the, the wild,
3: the wild card question, and this is a little anticlimactic here. Oh. Over under three and a half steals in the next three games. Oh no! <laughs> of course. Jared and Orlando over, Nate under. Oh! <laughs> Nate wins it.
0: Yes. Congrats. Oh, I'm taking
1: a picture of you guys' faces right now. This is amazing.
3: Co- mm. Oh, man, congrats mm, This Nate. is going on Twitter, yeah. Two out of yeah. five. Orlando and Jared, mm. one out of five. Yeah. All
0: we, all we needed with was one <laughs> foot out the door, does that to me? All yeah. we needed oh. was for him
2: to get three steals last night in his debut with the Kings, and he only got one.
3: Well, I thought about that, and I didn't look and see how many steals he had. I, I don't think I would have counted that. You wouldn't it, have it, counted no, that? It would have it had to be games with the Blazers. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: I can't. I'm shocked you both said over when he said that question. It was like this is a little anticlimactic. I assumed we all went under, and that's why we were just going to tie. But Man. that was, what are you talking about? Anticlimactic? That's <laughs> well, the most exciting <laughs> moment I've had this year on the
3: podcast. Well, based on no. these two guys' faces right now, I
2: oh, that's definitely going up on Twitter <laughs> well, tonight. It's basically we know the season's over. Like we're down four-one now. Well,
3: I got I, I, I pulled like off three in a row. You never know. I don't that's
1: like true. I don't that's like true.
3: the attitude from Jared right now. I no. gotta say, Jared,
1: what happened? Where's that two and Blazers are going two and one attitude right now? That's what you need.
2: I yeah, I need to drink my. The, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he
3: he, he okay. is <laughs> he
0: can't. <laughs> <laughs> Shook. All right, he let's, can't uh, even
3: talk. <laughs> let's let's all pull it together here and get to this week's game. <laughs> it's CJ, a, it's a new day, it's a new week, and another Mavericks game to start with. Oh, yeah. So let's start with it right now. Question is, who's going to make the most three pointers? In tonight's Mavericks game, Tim Hardaway Jr., Kristaps Porzingis, or Seth Curry. Oh, all Mavs. All right, a former Blazer in there. Nate, why don't you start us off, champ? Oh I, man, I like the sound of that, <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh. oh man, that sounded good. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Seth Curry. Okay, Orlando, what do you think?
0: I'll be different. Uh, that was my initial.
1: Yeah, it's a good yeah. pick, isn't it? Yeah, good it pick. Is.
0: Let's go, uh, Hardaway. All right,
3: Jared.
2: I'm also going with Hardaway.
0: All right, uh-huh. all right. <laughs> here we go. Moving on <laughs> here to we the
3: go. Pacers game this weekend. First question here: Who will get more assists, Damian Lillard or Malcolm Brogdon?
1: Brogdon got nicked up last night, didn't he? In that uh, in their win yesterday, he got like bumped on the head or something. Took an elbow. That's He'll true. probably be fine. That's true. This yeah. game is Sunday. He'll probably be fine. Jared, what do you think?
0: Dame. Orlando? Someone help your boy out and make some shots when Dame passes you <laughs> the ball. I'm going with Dame. <laughs> Did All you right? see
2: Simon's and uh Trent's combined oh. three point accuracy in the Warriors game? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Uh, Oh man, it, it was pretty. like Mm-mm. one or two for twenty something.
1: Well, that's why I was surprised Dame had so many points. Like, I knew he was making yeah. three-pointers, but I knew the team
2: wasn't making, like, any
1: three-pointers. Yeah, he, that? Was, yeah. he was the only one, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Let's do it. Let's have some fun, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Dame's going to have to score 60 if they're beating the Pacers. Jared, sorry. He ain't passing to no one.
3: Okay. Next question, same <laughs> game. Most points in this game between Whiteside, Domantas Sabonis, Ooh. or TJ Warren. Oh, wow. What a trio. Very close scoring averages.
0: Yeah, We'll start with Orlando on this one. I like taking the Blazers in, in these questions, so I'll, I'll go with Whiteside. Okay. Hopefully he's still on the team. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. Play> the <this, laughs> way this year of ripping is going. <laughs> Good point. <Like>. Good point. <laughs> Nate, what oh. do you think?
1: Uh... Well, Orlando says he likes going with Blazers, and that's gotten him one rip-it win so far <laughs> this year. So I'm not gonna pick a Blazer. Just
3: twisting the knife. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with
3: Sabonis. Okay, Jared. Who is the other one? T.J. Warren. Who okay. Warren? Who leads the Pacers in scoring, but by you know a, yeah. tenth, a tenth of a point, something like that.
2: All right, I'm gonna go with Sabonis as well. I did want to take Whiteside until
1: you picked him. For what it's worth. For sure. I'm gonna go with something else.
3: Blazers versus Rockets. Who will get the most rebounds? Clint Capella, Hassan Whiteside, or Russell Westbrook? Oh my gosh! Hmm. Starting with Nate.
0: Uh, let's go with Whiteside. Orlando, I'll mix it up. I'll go Westbrook.
2: All right, Jared, the most hated man in Rip City. Yep, yep. Uh, who is the third one? Capella. Capella. Yeah, I don't want to go with him. <laughs> um. Well, that means he's Ooh. winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. A the guy, guy
3: that nobody takes is definitely <laughs> yeah, winning. Yeah, white side's
1: going to be traded. Westbrook's not going to get the rebounds, <laughs> and it's going to be Clint Capela. Did I talk? I, 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 go with I Capella, swayed you. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right.
3: I you, like I, you
2: are in his
3: head, <laughs> Max. Well, he hey. just
2: wants a competitive, rip it <laughs> season. That's what. First
3: he of all, I do I do like it when you're all different, but it tends to happen this season where yeah. the, the one that nobody picks wins the category. We're like, oh, it won't be him. (laughs) Yeah. All right. The wild card question of the week is, in which of the next three games will the Blazers score the fewest points?
1: Oh, he's not going with most because Max thinks they're going to lose, obviously.
3: Who is going to lock them up the best? Mavs, Pacers, or Rockets? Jared, what do you think? Mavericks. All right. Orlando, we're coming to you. Pacers. Agreed. Pacers. All right. All right. That wraps it up. Another week oh. of Rip it is in the books. Wow. That
1: was an unexpected win, guys. I feel like Max is going to start playing the music at any point just to get <laughs> me to shut up. <laughs> but, oh, that came out of nowhere. You, you guys aren't even saying anything, no? no? I'm no. shook. We're morning. That's
2: all it is. Morning. Well, hey, it's turning point for Rip City, right? Hey, guys, if you love it when Nate wins, uh, rip it. Give us all your five-star reviews. (laughs) Five stars.